so nice to be back at 316 and see all the familiar faces. Um, so today I'm going to be looking at a great story of girl power. I mean, how could I not? And it's the story of Mary and Martha, and it's from Luke 10, 38 to 42, which I think should come up on the screen, maybe? Anyway, I'll read it to you. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. You know, the story of Mary and Martha is often told as a Sunday school story and we interpret it in a way that little people can understand. But I find that we don't often come back to those Sunday school stories as adults and delve into what the deeper meaning of them is. You know, the story of Mary and Martha is actually a treasure trove. There are so many details and things to learn when you look into the whole story. Did you hear Luke when he said Martha invited Jesus into her house. There are three stories in the Bible where Martha is mentioned and never do they mention a husband or a father, which has led some researchers to believe that when Luke says that she invited Jesus into her home, that Martha is actually the homeowner, which might not sound like a big deal nowadays, but back then it was a huge deal. Women didn't own anything, let alone property, So Martha was a well-established woman. And you know, back then, women weren't given the same opportunities. Young boys were sent off to train and learn how to be rabbis, while women generally stayed home and learned how to run a home, which I don't want you to hear is a lesser thing, but it really was the only option that was offered to women. But Jesus went against that culture. He wanted Mary and Martha to sit and be taught by him. Luke tells us that. Jesus was doing something pretty radical for those times because Jesus was and is a supporter of women and women in ministry. You know, it's a fantastic story with a lot of great content. But today I want to talk specifically about prioritising, especially as a Christian. Now, I know you're probably sitting there thinking, well, yes, Claire, I know I need to prioritise God over my Netflix and my phone and Instagram and Facebook, and I know you know that. But did you know that God wants you to prioritise him over your church? Did you know that God wants you to prioritise him over your ministries? I'm amazed at how many people I see go through burnout even in my generation. Our culture glorifies busyness, even in the church. When someone is involved in worship and kids and youth and young adults, they help clean the toilets and find time to bake for the bake sale, and we all sit there and go, wow, how do you do it? You're so amazing. But you know, just because you're doing it for God, just because you're making Jesus dinner, just because your heart is in the right place, 
doesn't mean that's what God wants for you. Mary knew that being with God was more important than doing something for God. She knew that God was a priority in her life and she gave God the time that her priority needed. So before we get into it, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, we just thank you for this day, Lord God, and we just pray that you would bless this time together. Lord God, I just pray that our hearts would be open and receptive to the message that you're bringing today, Lord God. That these wouldn't be my words, that they would be your words, Lord God. And that it would touch our hearts, Lord Jesus. Would you be here this morning with us? In your precious name, amen. So where did Martha go wrong? And I think this is the answer. Martha was more focused on doing instead of being. You know, my life, I've been a pretty organised person. I like to think anyway. It's a priority for me. And, you know, even as a small child, I like to help clean the house. If I saw something on the floor, I threw it in the bin. Anything. It didn't matter what it was. I threw my dad's wallet in the bin once because, you know, I was trying to clean up. You know, my little heart was in the right place, but I wasn't really helping anyone. Martha was trying to do the same thing, bless her heart. Unfortunately, we can't ask her to do the spiritual gifts test, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was hospitality. Martha was trying to serve God. She had her heart in the right place, so that should be fine, right? But sadly, Martha was so focused on her ministry and doing things for Jesus that she missed the opportunity to be with Jesus. You know, sadly, I see that a lot in the church, not specifically this church, but the church. I see people who are trying to do it all. Now, I'm not saying this about your pastor, but let me tell you that pastors are a perfect candidate for burnout. Because despite what you might think, it's not actually their job to do everything in the church. Hashtag truth bomb. But pastors love their church. And so they end up picking up someone else's slack and they're left doing far too many jobs. But it's not just pastors, it can be anyone here. It can be anyone anywhere. We continue to load and load ourselves with things because we think it's the right thing to do. And sometimes we do it because we actually have the capacity to do it. But just because our heart is in the right place and just because we have the capacity to do it, doesn't actually mean it's glorifying God. We all have a role to play in our church, within our family and within our community. And it's not doing nothing, and it's not doing everything. Luke 12, 34 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Is your heart with God? Or is it with your ministry? Or with your six ministries. The intention to glorify God doesn't actually glorify God. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him and obeying him. This leads me to my second point. Prioritizing needs to be a priority. Yes, you saw it coming. You know, prioritising is something that we do every day. We actually need it to function. 
we prioritize sleep so that we can be ready for a day at work. And we prioritize work so that we can get paid. We prioritize putting the petrol in the car so we don't break down. If you don't know, I've just recently got a new job and in the interview they said, how do you prioritize things? Because it's important. If we can't prioritize things, things get messy and disorganized. You can't have that in your workplace. You can't have that in your everyday life. And you can't have that in your relationship with God. Andy Stanley said, we don't drift in good directions. We discipline and prioritize ourselves there. I want you to think right now about your top five priorities. I'll give you a few seconds. Have a think. I imagine most of you here might say one is God. Might be sport, careers. Have a quick think. If you know my family, you know we're Hungarian. Do you know what a Hungarian's priority is? Don't, Hungarians, don't say it. Food. You will never leave one of my family events hungry. Everyone says, are you Hungarian because you're always hungry? No, I'm Hungarian because I'm never hungry. I am always full. A Hungarian's priority, one of them, is food. So there's no judgment for me, whatever, whatever your top five are. Now, I want you to think about how much time you spend on each of those priorities and ask yourself this. Does the time I spend on God reflect that he is a priority in my life? This is the time that you spend one-on-one with God, being in relationship with him. Does it reflect that he is a priority in your life? I don't think it does for a lot of us. I don't think it does for me sometimes. In this story, it says that Martha was distracted. Now, Martha wasn't distracted by a bad thing. She was trying to be servant-hearted. She wanted to give, but it caused her to be distracted from the important thing, Jesus. Jesus should always be our first priority. You know, I'm sure in those times it would have been a very normal thing for Mary to be in the kitchen helping, but she didn't allow that to distract her from the thing that was a top priority. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Just like Mary, we need to be putting those distractions as good-hearted as they may be intended, and focus on Jesus. Because without him, everything else means nothing. It really does. Without Christ being number one in our life, everything, even if you're doing it for Christ, even if you're feeding the poor and healing the sick, Jesus said there is one thing worth being concerned about, and that's him. 1 Samuel 15, 22 said, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. The intention 
to glorify God doesn't actually glorify God. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him and obeying him. This leads me to my last point. Jesus wants our hearts before our hands. You know, I think we can't be too hard on Martha because I think a lot of us are like her. We prioritise other things. We allow things to distract us. But, you know, Martha did do something right. She came to Jesus. It's so interesting to see the relationship that she has with Jesus, actually. It's completely honest, isn't it? This is unfair. You know, I think God would like to see more of us be honest with him. But Martha recognises that something's wrong. She doesn't realise it's her. But she does realise that something's wrong. And instead of just holding on to it, letting it simmer inside, she says, hey, something's wrong. And when she did, Jesus was then able to direct her. God has purpose for us. And he wants to be in fellowship He wants us to be in fellowship with him and discuss things. Instead of just saying yes to everything, consult him. In Joshua 9, Joshua and the Israelites were deceived and they ended up um, having to sign a peace treaty with the Gibeon people who they ended up not wanting to be in a peace treaty with. And you know why? It tells us in Joshua 9, 14, but they did not consult the Lord. And it resulted in them ending up in a bit of a pickle. Ask God, is this where you want me? Is this where you can best use me? It doesn't matter if you have the capacity to do something. Don't do it until you talk with God. We need to be doing what God wants us to be doing, not what we think we should be doing. As I said, I'm sure Mary had the capacity to help in the kitchen, but that's not what God wanted for her. He wanted them both to be in relationship with him. You know, I've done my spiritual gifts test, and my top one is exhortation. And if you don't know what that is, it is, I have the desire to serve God by motivating others to action, by urging them to pursue a course of conduct. If you've heard any of my other messages, which I have preached one here, you know that I always come back to being in relationship with God. Now, I don't want that gift to ever be a priority over God, but you better believe I want to use it. And I want to do that today. I want to encourage you in your relationship with God. Do you know how many things could find peace if we sought out God first? God wants to be with us. He wants to be in fellowship with us. I want you to think about that priorities list again. Is there something that needs to change? Is there a ministry that you need to step back from? Is there a ministry that you're not producing good fruit from? Is there a ministry that is burning you out? Don't be like Martha. God wants our churches to be healthy churches, 
but they can't be if their people aren't firmly planted in Jesus Christ. How can we expect to give Jesus to the world if we aren't filled with him first? You know, if you think that I can get up here and present this message in my own strength, I have to tell you, you're wrong. Does anyone actually even like public speaking? It is only by the power and the call of the Holy Spirit that I'm up here this morning. Seek daily and discover what Mary found, for it will never be taken from you. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 38 says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Read your Bible. Get up early and sit in the presence of God. Perhaps you need to step back from a ministry. Perhaps you need to step into the ministry. If you get into a tricky situation, don't let God be your last resort. Go to him first and say, hey, something's wrong. And he will help you. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him and obeying him. Joyce Meyer said, the key to having God's abundant life is keeping him in his rightful place in our priorities. You all have a place in this church. This isn't me saying that everyone should just up and quit their ministries. Please don't do that. Scott will get very mad at me. (laughs) What I'm saying is that he needs to be our top priority. Our ministries can't be. Our church can't be. Our families can't be. Christ has to be. I do believe that God wants everyone here to serve in some capacity. But we need to ensure that we're coming to him first. That we're fellowshipping with him and finding out what he wants us to be doing. The intention to glorify God doesn't actually glorify God. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him and obeying him. As I was writing this message, I found a devotional on Mary and Martha, and I thought it summed it up really well. It says, The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of works, but of focusing yourself on Jesus, being devoted to Jesus, to listen, to fill yourself with his words and bearing fruit. Let this be the most important lesson of this tale. Sit and listen. Act in peace. Fill yourself with his words. Give him space to speak to you and to do his work in you. If this is the most important thing to Jesus, then it should be so for us too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We just thank you, Lord God, that you want to be in relationship with us. Despite everything, Lord God, you want to be in relationship with us. We just thank you for the sacrifice that you've made to be in relationship with us, to have us be able to come and know you, Lord God. And I pray that you would um, be pressing on our hearts this week to make you a priority in our lives. 
Lord God, that we wouldn't allow those things that distract us, as good-hearted as they may be intended, to turn us away from you, Lord God. Would you be present with us every day, Lord Jesus? Would we hunger to know you more, Lord God? We just thank you and praise you in your precious name.